Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. Welcome back to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Peyton, Lee Cantor here with you. We also have Mike Lynn in the studio, intentionally not mic'd up, but he is uh, in the room with us. We've been here uh, almost the entire day talking to learning and development professionals and uh, working this, with... This is through, our first duo. This is, You know what? That's true. This is our first duo. This could be a fantastic segment. We have with us Senior Director of Talent Management, Suzanne Mackey, and Leadership Development Manager, Sarah Finch. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. So the YMCA, um, everybody knows kind of what they do. Can you share a little bit about the mission purpose, what you guys do in the different cities? Yeah, our, our overall mission is to strengthen community, and we do it through programs in youth development, healthy living, and social responsibility. So most Ys are very similar. They'll have programs in those areas, and they really work to bring the community together. Um, and they might be slightly different depending on where you are in the country, but they do a lot of the same things. Now, in your uh, training and leadership development, is that leadership for the organization, or is that kind of trickle out to the public as well? We, most of our leadership development is for our professional staff, part-time and full-time, but we do do training for volunteers, community members, uh, young people. One of our largest training programs is Lifeguard, mm -hmm. and uh, we see That's hundreds. kind of important, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Water safety mm -hmm. is a really critical issue for the Y, and so lifeguards are an important part of that, and so mm -hmm. we train uh, hundreds, thousands of lifeguards every summer to be at the Y and on the waterfront and be safe. Now, what's it like working with a volunteer community? Because oh, it's yeah, a piece of cake. It, it, it's hard cake. enough to get people you pay to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of uh, we do some really great leadership development with our volunteer boards. So mm -hmm. boards are the fiduciary owners of the YMCA, and so we take uh, they're a critical partner for us. So we really take care to ensure that they understand who we are as an organization and that they're prepared. And we have a leadership competency model that we use for our staff, and we use that as a basis to create a volunteer competency model that we now use with boards across the country, which has been really effective to talk to them about the distinct behaviors that we're expecting from them as board members as part of the YMCA. Is that uh, the cause-driven leadership? Yeah, that's cause-driven leadership competency model. And mm -hmm. so we have one for staff, and then we have some of these sort of companions, mm -hmm. but then the board leadership competency mm -hmm. model. Is that what it's called? Yes, yeah. I think so. <laughs> we trademarked that, so I you have to make sure. Na names change as <laughs> things are developed. So the board leadership competency model is a trademark uh, name for us for that competency model, and cause-driven leadership is also trademarked at the Y. So that's a Y-created Yeah, how deep and wide is this thing? Is this... This cause-driven leadership mm -hmm. across the board? We are oh. we are hoping it gets very deep. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So is it one of those things like if I, because I just said cause-driven leadership, I have to pay like a nickel to the Y? Like how does that work? <laughs> oh, I, I don't think you have to pay us, but that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if every like time royalties, somebody said it. You know? <laughs> it's trademark in, in the sense that we've mm. said cause-driven, we've defined cause-driven leadership. Okay. And so there are many types of leadership out there that people can pick and choose from. And so at the Y, we said we're going to define leadership for the organization and then we're going to build training and talent management practices and the st behavior staff 
staff's behavior based off of that definition. Now, were you involved in creating this methodology? Yeah, I was, I've been there since they started this about, I think it was about eight years ago that we started this process of really defining leadership in the organization and building the confidence. So what are the pillars of uh, cause-driven leadership? Well, it's the practice of leading in a manner that advances our cause to strengthen communities through our work in youth development, healthy living, and social responsibility. And yeah, you then, just made that up off the top I just of made head. that up. I did not read that <laughs> whole piece of paper at all. This was originally the Mackey methodology. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and then we talk about how uh, cause-driven leaders think, act, and communicate in, the, in ways that keep the community in front and center in their decision-making. So now for the why, community is an important component, but any cause could kind of adapt this to their whatever their unique uniquenesses absolutely that's why it's written in that way so Mm -hmm. it's about a cause and your cause could be different so cause-driven leadership can apply for other organizations but in the why it's about strengthening community so the first thing you do is have to come up with this kind of mission statement yeah the first thing part of the leadership yeah well no everyone everyone at the why is about strengthening community right so we want everyone to think about it in that way but if another organization wanted to say they wanted to build cause-driven leadership in their organization they would just substitute whatever their cause was for strengthening community uh-huh. and that's our long-term vision i think would be that we would want more organizations to be looking at cause-driven leadership as a mm-hmm. way of leading for their organization um, but right now we're we're really focused at the why so this may be a Sarah question, or maybe both of you can, can approach it. It just seems like an awfully tall order, uh, and I don't even know where you would start. You're trying to, to, to codify all of these competencies and get your arms. Get, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. So we really went through a process that I came in on the tail end. So when I joined the Y, we were launching it, but we have done similar things since as we've continued to revise and revisit our competency model. And it really was about looking at both externally, what do people talk about when they're talking about competencies? And then internally, what are we seeing happening in our whys? So Mm -hmm. for us to create the cause-driven leadership competency model, which is customized specific to us, we built it in-house. We really ended up going out to our whys and we interviewed staff and we listened to what they were doing, particularly staff who are really high-performing staff in our whys and tried to understand what it is that they do that really creates that impact to strengthen community. And through all of that research, that's how we basically created the competency model. And it's got 18 competencies, and we've divided that into four different, we call them disciplines, but they're basically kind of buckets so that our staff can quickly look at what might they need to do under mission advancement or collaboration or operational effectiveness or personal growth, which are the buckets. And then underneath that, what competencies might be critical for them and it might be different at different parts of their career or even different parts of their year (laughs) so we want it to be really fluid we know people are not going to be developing all 18 competencies all the time there's a lot of behaviors that we articulated underneath those competencies so even in one competency they might just say okay I really need to focus on this one particular skill that's really key for me right now in my current job or in my career advancement you know, whatever their their personal or professional goals might be in the why. So it's definitely was it was a big process and then another big process to roll it out. But over time, you know, we've been able to really create a great amount of exposure for all of our whys about the competency model. And we built an awful lot of resources to support it. And we've we've learned a lot along the way so that we're continuing to make it work for our whys. So now how did the rollout go? Like 
do you just one day go, hey, you'll get a packet FedEx to you and <laughs> off we go? <laughs> well, <laughs> we certainly launched a lot of resources at once and then added to them. So we started out really with a what we call a development guide. So it talked about all the competencies and the behaviors and gave ideas for ways that our staff could use the 70-20-10 learning model. So looking at experience-based learning and not just training, but also mm -hmm. coaching and how they could use that to really develop themselves or their staff. We did a lot of workshops and a lot of webinars to kind of bring that to life. And we've added resources as well. We have a hiring guide where they can figure out how to incorporate questions that talk through these behaviors in mm -hmm. an interview process. Because it has to be integrated mm -hmm. throughout the whole system and, and almost Absolutely. everything you guys do, right? Absolutely. And that, that's really been our goal is to help our wise kind of integrate it overall, but maybe starting what's, you know, with what's most important or easiest for them. Some wise start by just doing, we have an online assessment where a staff can go on and just... Is that the first or that's early on in the process? That can be, that can be early on in the process. And for some wise, that's their starting place. They have all their staff take this individual mm -hmm. self-assessment just to get a baseline for where they're at and then use that to build out a development plan on a single competency or a behavior right. and go from there. Otherwise, might start by just building the competency language into their job descriptions or interviewing differently so they know their new hires are coming in already bringing some of these skills and behaviors into their why. So every why might go at it from a different starting place. But you've, you've clearly embraced um, new modalities. You've got e-learning. You've got, and then you're also doing some stand-up instructor-led stuff, or, and you've, you've had some success blending the two, mm -hmm. it seems like. Yep, we've, uh, there's a lot of things that we've been doing. So e-learning and the blended learnings and instructor-led have all been a part of it. But also having staff think about the experiences that they have every day as optional learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we know that most learning happens That's by smart. actually doing something. So what we've really been talking Amen. to. <laughs> yeah, so what no, we want to say is you're, yeah. doing, you're doing this job. Here you have opportunities to try things. Right. And from that, you'll learn. And so that's been a big part that learning in the why for a long time learning was classroom like if you were going to learn you were going to go to a class right. it was going to cost something so wise that are very small and have small budgets didn't know how to develop their staff when you bring in experience and say experience is the teacher now everyone gets to be a student mm -hmm. and so it's great opportunity and equalizes development across all of our wise so now is this something that a person gets certified in or how do they progress through the curriculum so we have so the competency model is a foundation for all of our courses so every course that we create has some element of the competencies in there but we do have a very specific credentialing process internally so a leadership certification that's internal to the why our competency model has four levels of leadership and so our our certification process starts at the team leader level so this is someone who's leading teams or right. leading processes so we have a leader level a multi-team or branch leader and an organizational leader certification and so you can earn those certifications they probably take about one to three years to to earn uh, and there are distinct courses and there's tests and projects that you have to do along the way in order to be able to show that you have learned and can apply the competencies. And the two top levels, they're all, they build upon each other, so you need the previous in order to earn the next. And once you are in the two top levels, you are required to recertify them every five years. And that's a process that we have internally with the organization. And then to, there's even, so you're con this is constantly evolving and growing. 
Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, we want continued learning. Lifelong learning is important. And then as, as well, we're looking to say every day, what are new courses that we need to bring into the organization to help build the, cl- the competencies? So for instance, we learned by looking at the scores of self-reported, everyone was reporting on how they did in philanthropy. We learned that that was a pretty low competency for the why, which is a critical competency. Were you surprised by that? We were a little surprised. I am. It. Yeah. So we we have now developed multiple learnings for people around fundraising. Mm-hmm. And now you can begin learning about fundraising as a leader level staff person and it goes all the way up through the organizational leader. And we have seen very slight increase in reported competency strength over the past year. What about, did it translate into just more funds being raised? Well, you know, um, that doesn't, that didn't, th- we don't have a strong correlation between that, but I will tell you this, that there were some wise that took on the cause, talking about cause and helping people be better communicators, which mm-hmm. is another one of our competencies, and being better able to tell our story, and they saw a significant lift in their fundraising when they were able to connect people and articulate, to our course right? and, and, and then articulate it. Yeah, it made great difference in that. So um, I got to know from both of you, and I start with Sarah, your backstory. How did you get into this line of work? <laughs> you sure you have time for that? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make time because I'm fascinated. I got I to gotta know. Well, my, my path is very different than Sue's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started my life actually thinking I was going to be a, an actor, and I ultimately decided I wasn't. But I wanted to take the background that I had in theater and put it towards basically corporate training. I was working in some big companies doing administrative jobs to pay the bills and so on. And I just saw that there was a lot of opportunity for the things that I know from the world of theater to be kind of translated. So I got a master's degree in educational theater and convinced some training companies educational to hire me. Theater? Educational That's theater. That's a thing? Who yes, knew? yes. It's, I have a diploma and everything. You should tell your kid about <laughs> educational this. Educational theater. Maximum. Yes, it, indeed. Is it from the Y? No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not. And there's a Y in it. I got it at NYU, so okay. there is a Y involved. But I basically then went and was able to get you know some training companies to hire me and spent some time doing a lot of different types of training, landed at Second City for a while, helping support and run the training and learning programs they do. Right, because they have a whole arm that's business-oriented, right? a whole corporate arm. So I spent a good amount of time there and ended up coming to the Y, really just looking for other ways to continue to do what I was doing, but new things and new opportunities to learn in the training field. So it's been... It's been a different journey for me from where I was, but also a great opportunity to keep applying what I mm-hmm. had done prior to the Y. Right, because how different is how it's not very different, right? Standing in front of a group mm-hmm. and training them, yes, as performing, right? <laughs> it is. It absolutely <laughs> it has is. A lot of similarity. Very much so. All right, I got to hear the Sue story. Well, I um, Let, have been let's with you beat that. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, I was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, I have been with the Y for 22 years, actually. Oh, wow. So I started, You're a lifer. I am a lifer. Like, yeah. So there's like two types of people at the Y. There's the lifers and then there's the others. Um, I'm another. And we love them, too. They bring a lot of new ideas. So I started at the Y uh, in New York City. So YMCA Greater New York. I started there doing after school programs. So I was a part-time staff person doing 
Were you a member first? No, you no, never, never, you never have been never a been a member. No, I actually, it's a great story of, of how we don't hire at the Y anymore. I sort of um, was in college and needed a part-time job. Right. And I saw this listing to be an after-school counselor for a Y. And I went over and it was a storefront Y, so they didn't have a facility. And I go upstairs and I interview and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and they were like, great, can you start at three? It's like, no, I have to go home. I'm like 18. I don't know. Um, but it was a great, it's been a great journey. So I did, I did that. I worked at the YMCA Green New York in several different roles. I was mm-hmm. a youth and family program director and executive director. Um, I actually left the Y for a few years and came to Chicago to go to graduate school. So I have a degree in social work. Mm -hmm. um, And I ran a residential facility for homeless youth on the south side of Chicago for a couple of years before I got a call from an old supervisor who said, hey, would you like to come back to the Y? And uh, they got me to come back to Y and Save the USA to do recruiting. So to recruit other people to come and work for Mm -hmm. the Y. And all of that sort of morphed into the training and leadership development and where we are now. And it's been, a, I, I love the why, I love their cause. Um, and I, you know, hope to retire from the why. <laughs> now the why like community is so important. Um, are there whys in every city, every like how how many are there now? Well, we have about uh, a little over two thousand Ys um, across the country, um, and that is centers and others. So associations, which are the large parents of those 2700 wise there's about 900 of those mm-hmm. um, so they're in a lot of communities um, and then we are international too so we're oh, in 119 really? countries um, so we are everywhere and uh, we're in lots of communities and if you don't see one in your community it might be something that you want to start <laughs> you know now how does it work in terms of um, you're trying to serve everybody and that's sometimes people that don't have a lot of money and then you're also in kind of affluent areas as well as that too, so they can fund the uh, less affluent? A lot of times that's that's a, a model that a large association might work. So Chicago is a very big association. They are in different kinds of neighborhoods, but all neighborhoods have different issues and needs mm-hmm. and services. Uh, how much you charge for those services might differ depending on the community that you're in and um, how you can offer those things. And then some in some associations, YMCA's that, that are able to bring in more money can help to finance the ones that can't bring in the in the money because of where they're located. But every community has need, um, and so sometimes it looks like we're in like a really nice community. It's a beautiful why, but there could be kids in there that are suffering as much as right. sort of kids in mm-hmm. other communities. And so we just look at each community individually and say, what do we need to do in this community and how to can serve, we serve it, them? right? Yeah. And because you don't want to leave anybody out, right? Correct. Yeah, we're for, we're for everybody. We want everyone to come in right. and have a great experience and and um, get these skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now the two of you, do you find yourselves working together? on a lot of things how do the two of you interact daily weekly well we yes we we do a lot so what we do a good amount of is continuing to find ways to support the competency model mm-hmm. whether it is creating new resources or running trainings or just listening to our wise i do a lot of individual coaching of staff who have taken either our individual assessment or we also launched a 360 assessment about two years ago that but we like one-on-one yeah I mean, you invest, I mean i think that's fantastic mm-hmm. i guess i just i would not have thought that that the organization would invest that 
time of time and energy. I think that's yeah. great. Well, with the 360 in particular, when we decided to do a 360, we did not want to have it out there and not have people get some form of available support on that because 360 good for can, you they can go really bad right, right. and then <laughs> like and there you have it there's yeah. the data bar all right thank you <laughs> see you next not, year yeah we did not want that to happen so what we've actually done is we've trained right now we have about 70 trained coaches across uh, what we call our movement the nice. wise in the usa and and they basically are available to do a one-on-one coaching session, usually by phone with anybody who takes it's the 360. phone, not like Skype or... It's usually been phone. Our wise have various uh, technology, technology, just depending on where right. they are, that it's just phone is usually the most standard. But there are times that we definitely do video conference right. or video you know, type meetings as well. But for the coaching, we found phone to be the one that's pretty easy for everybody to get to. And wherever they are, they can pick up the phone. Now, what was it like, um, like, let's take the lifeguards, for example, like how you implemented it for that group and, and what they've gotten out of it. Any feedback so far? Well, we just um, actually in this past year launched a companion to the full model, which mm-hmm. was a healthy living companion and lifeguard fills in our healthy living area. And so with that, what we did was we isolated competencies that were specific for that type of work. And we then rewrote some of the behaviors so that they could be even more specific because the, the like large... what's an example of that? Yeah. The lar- well, first, the large model is very broad for any position. So a lifeguard or, or for healthy living, there might be one in there where we say intentionally connects members to each other and, and says, talks about... Or uh, another one, I think, is that they celebrate small successes along the way Mm -hmm. so celebrating as people are succeeding to keep them more engaged to continue to succeed so we launched this this one for and this is mostly for leader level staff so it's a little bit easier to understand it's a little more focused it's only six competencies as opposed to 18 right and then what we gave to supervisors were easy ways you could teach this in 15 minutes because we know like the lifeguards are running out after right. lifeguards over to go hang out yeah. or do whatever. I want to sit through another three-hour class, <laughs> yeah, please. Right. Yeah. Right. No one wants to do that. So we said, well, maybe we can do like these Kind of make bite-sized chunks, right? Yeah. Exactly. A 15-minute activity builds awareness and gives them an opportunity to take that back and next week practice, practice that, one, that right. one thing. Um, and so that just launched, and we've gotten we had a pilot with it with uh, several Ys, and we got really great feedback about it. And we're hoping that this will help leader level staff people get more engaged mm-hmm. in their own development and see how they can potentially grow themselves more so than just being a lifeguard. That they do more than than just lifeguard at the Y. Now, is it a challenge to kind of chunk it out like that? We're into these little fifteen minute modules. Well, what we did is we just really looked at the competencies and the behaviors that we had really isolated for healthy living and we created short activities that we already knew mapped back to those competencies and Mm -hmm. behaviors so our staff don't have to sit down and think about huh what do we want to develop what do we do this is all kind of plug and play exactly they can just grab an activity that seems like a good fit they can decide how much they want to think about whether it's a certain competency or not but we know that if they do any of them they're already in a position where they're going to move the needle and like sue said the feedback was great i think I can't even count the number of times I saw fun on our <laughs> survey responses. And you, you don't, don't usually get that hear, a lot. <laughs> not with competency development, <laughs> right. no. So we definitely got a lot of really positive right. momentum from this approach, especially with that leader level staff. They just want to do something interesting. They learned something and they didn't even know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, what's next and what do you need most? People, resources, money, 
What's next? Uh, <laughs> There's always something next. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of things going. I mean, wherever we're always looking at the model, so we're looking at what's the next iteration of the model right. as we have changing changing needs. Uh, we're about to launch a global leader certification. So we've isolated some competencies wow. around well, global leadership. You don't take on just like little projects, do you? <laughs> I, I can tell you have that that, that gene. You do both of you. <laughs> we like to go big. Go big or go home, right? Well, global. Global that, competency. That has its own challenges. It? Language, culture. Yeah. Right? But Hi, we, have, yeah. we have such shifting demographics in our communities that every community even here in the United States is a global community. And oh, so, well, now that's a good point. Yeah, so how do we equip our leaders to meet those changing needs of our demographic, right. changing demographics? So, so we're about to launch that in, in the end of May, early June. We're launching a youth development companion. So just like we did with Healthy Living, now we're looking at what does this look like for staff who are working with youth development. Um, what age is, like, what is youth development uh, age so range? It encompasses everything. So preschool, uh, early childhood, uh, middle like grade school and then uh, teenagers too. Wow. So it's uh, there in youth development. They're looking at a model that goes birth to career, and then where do we intersect with with mm -hmm. that with the young people? And so we're looking for broad enough competencies that will that will meet those needs along the way. So when I'm with them, we do have a we have a a roadmap where we talk about what milestones are important depending on the group that you're working with. So you have to know those milestones, but then how do you listen in order to have those milestones be achieved or how do you build activities to help those milestones be achieved for young people? So it's pretty broad. Um, what else do we have, Sarah? Well, I got to tell you, I'm never going to look at my Y the same way again. I, <laughs> you can throw a rock from my house to the Y, and and my youngest, who is graduating from high school, I mean, she's there every afternoon. She's, you know, and it's been a while since I've darkened their door for the purpose of exercising, but my kids have, you know, played sports there and gone to play table tennis and just, or me and the girls will go uh, chill out. Mm -hmm. But um, I just don't think I realize the, the breadth and depth of what the Y is really doing for people and for communities. This is... Uh, it's it's very encouraging. It's it's heartwarming. You guys are just doing important work. It's got to feel great. You must sleep really well at night, both of you. <laughs> yeah. Some nights. <laughs> There's still a lot of uh, a lot of stuff out there that we are trying to trying to help people with diabetes, trying to close achievement gap for kids, right. making sure kids can read. It's a lot. It's hard work at the Y. Now, part of this this cause driven leadership culture is. Are you sharing it? You said you mentioned this, but if it, there, there's another organization out there, you're open to kind of teaching them how to implement it in their organization. So that's another part of what you do? Yeah. That Well, that is an aspiration of what we want to oh, okay. do. Okay. So that's so, on the roadmap. Yep. It, we have been really focused internally, but we are talking about like, how do we take this out to other organizations or can they start taking our trainings and even join in our right. certification system? Um, and is would that be helpful to them? And because you're be? serving the community and they're part of the community Absolutely. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. We want to be partners with everybody who's working right. in this space. And if we have really good resources that can help strengthen your staff, we want to get them out there and share right. them with people and that's congruent with your mission yes yeah. what a great story where can folks go to learn more oh. ymca.net is where they can go to learn most about us and uh and just go into their why and even just talk to people and see what they have to say 
Yeah, vis- visit their local wives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start there. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to, and I'm going to go look at it uh, from a completely fresh perspective, I think. All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you both for investing the time and energy to come down here and visit with us. Thank you for having You're us. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. All right. We'll be back in a few with Training Pros Chicago. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.